0: Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to the beginning of season four of the Examination Podcast, where we're launching Ten of Swords, and we couldn't be more excited about the creation of this awesome event. Um, Jonathan Hickman is at it again, and so are we. I'll be your host, Quentin Nimler, and I'm joined this week by Kelsey Strutz. Hello, and Dane Rainier.
1: Oh, we start season four and I have to go second.
0: You know, we we have to take a back seat sometimes. That's what, what happens. Not X Men. Sometimes not you got to let the B team, uh, X Men, kind of take the, the field.
2: I don't know what, what you're trying to say.
0: Although, <laughs> An- 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 we'll say Angel's pretty dang consistent as far as Hickman goes. That's an A-team. A for Angel. A for Angel. Well, we're going to waste no time. We're going to get straight into the big issues this week, including the launch of Juggernaut with Juggernaut number one and Ten of Swords creation uh, from Hickman, the big crossover uh, that Don of X has led up to till this moment. So let's go ahead and jump into the news this week by hooking up to Cerebro and seeing what's new in the world of Marvel. And we do have some MCU-related news. It's pretty big. The dates for Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and uh, the Eternals have all been pushed back. So, this is a pretty big news story, because Black Widow, at this point, is essentially releasing about the same time, a year later. Are you guys more interested, less interested? What's your take? Oh, probably
2: less interested. Um, Only... Only because I don't know if this pushback is really even gonna be the last pushback. I mean, I, I don't know the life of theaters anymore. I have no idea if our local theaters are even gonna survive.
0: I mean, it I, seems it, unlikely.
2: They've already declared bankruptcy. I mean, I believe uh, the form eight Goodrich quality declared bankruptcy. I don't know if our locations closing, but you know, they're closing a lot of them.
1: It's interesting to see because Black Widow is May of next year, Shang-Chi is July, Eternals are November, and it's like, well, I mean, are we even going to be at a point where even the earliest of those, Black Widow and May, where we're, you know, movies are available as, you know, as, as prominently as they were. So it'll be interesting to see how things shift just in the movie world in general, if some of these are going to get pushed, you know, to streaming like Mulan did.
0: Yeah, I I also think there's a real possibility that by the time the movie comes out, your kids will be old enough to go see it with you. (laughs) Right.
1: That's true. Is it like, if there was ever a time to have kids and not get to go see Marvel movies, at least we're not missing
0: anything. Yeah. It's kind of sad to think we went a whole summer without a single Marvel movie.
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I guess you are kind of right. It's it's a little different, I know, from Kelsey and I's perspective, because like we said, it's been a while, I think, since we've gone to the theaters to see them, but... Yeah, there haven't been any. I mean, you
0: saw Endgame last year.
1: Was that last year? Yeah. Somehow that feels like a decade. It does. It but feels like it's been well, forever. I'll say
0: this. I- I'm with you guys completely. But the thing that just like blows my mind about all this is since 2008, we have had a Marvel movie. So for over a decade, we've been spoiled with a Marvel movie yep. every summer. Yeah, and we win a year without them but that's where we're at. You know,
2: it may well. do it may do well for them though. That that type of break, that hiatus to get the fatigue right. off you, you just you, you get that fatigue out of them. It's like it's like shocking an addict out of their addiction for a little bit and then <laughs> suddenly you say, "But hey, I got that sweet heroin still."
0: Yeah. The first taste is always the sweetest. And you gave it to him again. Right. Well, you know, we talked about you can't go to theaters, but there might still be a way to get your MCU content, and that is via the Disney Plus streaming services Dane kind of mentioned earlier. And I wonder like how much of a timeline there is, because it looks like WandaVision and Falcon and Cap are going to go ahead and, and be released. So that makes me wonder how connected these things were. And Secondly, we did get a big trailer for WandaVision. Are you guys... Is your interest peaked by this trailer? What did it do for you? Um,
2: it made me think of uh, what is it? Fallout Three, the whole level where you're in a dream state of like 1950s nostalgia, but something's very wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for that. So I both the characters, especially Wanda, uh, I'm interested in just what exactly is going on because like I showed it to my wife. The other day the trailer and she goes, When is this supposed to happen? And I'm like, That is a very good question. And she was like, How is this happening? And I'm like, Wanda. Also oh. a very good question. And I'm like, reality warper question mark? But yeah. so it it's it's got a creepy vibe to it.
0: I, I think it's um very interesting. I think I would like to see more creepy out of the trailers, but as long as the show has it, I don't mind that they're not giving me any spoilers. I'm going to watch the show, but I'm kind of cautious at this point on, I hope it's creepy and not just campy. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so let's go ahead and move into the comics and get more focused on the X-Men universe. And we've got a new book announced today. Dane, what's the new book coming out from the X-Office?
1: So in December, it looks like, so not all that far away, we're getting a sword book. So the kind of the opposite, not opposite, but the, I don't know, spin-off, I guess, of S.H.I.E.L.D., sort of the space defense um, team run by Abigail Brand.
0: Yeah, so I think this book sounds pretty interesting because I'm really into uh, Cable, and I, I like seeing him on another team, but uh, especially after Fallen Angels did him so well, Uh Kelsey, is Abigail Brand leading a team, a book you're interested in, or does it have no appeal for you?
2: I remember her from um, Joss Whedon's Astonishing Run, so I enjoyed it then, and, uh, God, what? (sighs) um, Department H isn't a part of S.W.O.R.D., is it? Uh Like, Alpha Flight, aren't they in space?
0: I think you're right that Alpha Flight was there, but they're doing the Hulk thing now, I think. Yeah,
2: and I think they are still part of S.W.O.R.D. or they were in the station.
0: Huh. I'm I'm not sure. But of note of that is Al Ewing, who's done the Immortal Hulk as well as Guardians of the Galaxy and recently did the big Marvel crossover with Empire, is the writer of this comic.
1: And that would make sense. And we've got Magneto on the cover. Like, let's not sell that short either. There's, you know... Some interest, I think, in some maybe lesser-known characters uh, other than Abigail Brand, Magneto, and Cable. I haven't actually I haven't
2: seen the cover.
1: Oh, oh. So it looks like it's those three, Frenzy, Wizkid, Fabian Cortez, and Manifold. But, like, I feel like Magneto being on the squad is being a little undersold.
0: Well, is he actually on the squad or is it a Colossus X-Force kind of situation? <laughs> well, who knows? He's, he's on the cover. So uh, let's go ahead and use this as a transition, talking about characters on the cover.
1: X-Men, X-Men, Mr. Day, Mr. Day, Mr. Day,
0: and they don't get much bigger on a cover than Juggernaut did in this week's Juggernaut number one, the miniseries. I think Dane's on recap duty uh, for this excellent debut issue of Juggernaut.
1: Yeah, so we start with a, f- a familiar sight for Juggernaut. He stands amidst a pile of rubble, but we find out this time it's been caused for good. He's a demolisher for the Damage Control Organization, cleaning up after superhero me- battle messes. Kane Marco encounters a brand of rebellious youths and locks horns with their leader, a teenage girl known as D-Cell, who can create fields of deceleration. After she's hurt, Juggernaut gets her to a hospital and watches over her until she wakes up. D-Cell tells Juggernaut about her social media presence and how if the Juggernaut's really serious about trying to do good... He should stop the rampaging Hulk. Woven throughout this story are flashbacks where Juggernaut was last left, cast into limbo without the gem of Sidorak. He traverses the hellscape, dragging his armor behind him, but we're still left with the mystery of exactly how it was he escaped and got his powers back.
0: And some sweet new duds as well. Like He's looking baller. New armor. So, Kelsey... You were real high on us doing this Juggernaut issue because I didn't think it was actually coming from the X desk I was wrong. Uh, what was your take on this issue, man? This,
2: it felt like a comic. Like a comic when you were a kid, it set up a story, cool character, cool concept, and then set up the next arc as well. Like it, 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 it was a good beginning. I enjoyed the art style. I enjoyed... I enjoyed the Juggernaut's maturity as a character as well. Like, he's not inherently a good guy, but he's not a bad guy really anymore, too. He's just a guy. Like, he's doing a job, and he's trying to almost... <sighs> have any of you watched the new Cobra Kai TV show?
1: Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, you have... have...
2: Okay. Okay that the johnny lawrence style character where it's like yeah he was the bad guy but he's learned a lot in his age and he's just kind of trying to pass on his knowledge like he's 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 a jerk but not he's a well-meaning one like he's trying to help people and i i i dig that that he's it's not just i hate my brother and i want to smash stuff it's Yeah, this is what I do for a job, but listen, kid, you know, I can get you help. We can get your powers under control a little more, and I know life sucks, but, you know, we can handle this.
1: In some ways, it's kind of a cliche, because it's like a forced redemption arc, where he's not trying to be a good guy, he's just trying to be a guy. You know what I mean? But
2: fate won't let him get away from... I feel like it's not a forced redemption arc, i i enforce I, I think it's too much I, I think it's a more natural redemption arc like it's no, no no i i don't mean forced from the sense that like it's forced as a story element i just
1: mean like he's just trying to step away from everything and just stuff but, happens and he just yeah. can't help that life is throwing him like kind of an opportunity to be good and he's almost like kid i just want to get you out of like I'll get you to, to a good
0: place and get you out of here. I just don't want to really have anything to do with it, but he
1: just can't help but get suckered
0: in. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely on uh Wolverine duty in this issue where he's yeah. found a young female sidekick that he has the maturity has the life experience and the hardships and the mistakes that he wants to spare them from making, but still kind of pushed into this adventure. I think the book has a lot of promise. I think we're all excited to see where it goes and, so, so you talked talk about like this is one of our favorite books to come out of the X Office since Dawn of X started. So well, for a
1: first book, it's amazing. It it tells a story. It it puts a classic character in a new situation. It shows how he's gonna deal with it. It gets you a new fun character right off the bat. It it leaves you wanting more with a mystery about how we got to this point. And the dialogue is fu- fantastic.
0: And D Cell feels like a fun like she is a good character for a Juggernaut book. They didn't yeah. just go, Well let's give her give her a sidekick. They picked D Cell whose powers contrast the juggernauts, like the exact right. opposite. And that like that scene where it
1: there's a there's a, a sweetness to it of like a guy known as the, the unstoppable juggernaut sitting over her hospital bed, and then there's that little bit of banter between juggernaut and a teenager when she's like, "Well, you know, the name juggernaut makes you sound like yeah, I got nothing. It's just a super cool name." Uh,
2: well, I just you know, and two the part where he kind of accidentally knocks his stuff all over her, and he attempts to get her out of there. You know, his thing of it's almost that mm, commentary on culture. I, I, I think that's maybe reading too it. much into it, but where I, everyone's, no, I, recording I read it, it everyone's recording it, everyone's recording. He's like, right. get off your phones and help me move all this stuff. You know, it's like, right. let's get the stuff off of her.
0: As a teacher, I can tell you with the young people, like that, that kind of mentality is something I see a lot. And it's like, these are your people and they're not helping. Like, yeah. Like, I sound like an old man, but (laughs) your young people aren't helping each other. They're just causing more problems putting it on the internet. But no, it's totally true. And I I think it was a cool uh, perspective. You know, whether it's true in every situation, no. But in this situation, in some situations it is. Uh, Super excited for Juggernaut number two. We got the Hulk fighting Juggernaut and we're going to jump right into that. Guys, we're 14 minutes in and we got a dense comic to get to. You guys ready? Let's do it. I'm strapping in. All right, Kelsey, start us off with Ten of Swords creation.
2: Alright, Tannosaurus Creation starts just outside of Del Delor, the last watchtower of Otherworld. An army of demons bound to the Twilight Sword stands on the precipice of change. At the head of this army stands four mutants that bear a resembling figure to ancient gods of Egypt. They talk of abandonment and of a coming apocalypse, Hmm. and of an endgame for their assault. Krakoa. The Starlight Citadel remains the last line of defense, as Araco, the mutant island that was lost, has now fallen. The Starlight Citadel, home to Saturnine, who has used her magic to see the future. Judgment, four of wands, the hanged man, eight of cups, ten of swords, tarot cards pulled from a dying star basically they build a visage that's both clear and hazy at the same time
1: then apocalypse and the summoner approach the council uh, with apocalypse admitting what he's done but never apologizing for his actions he's opened the external da- gate to Otherworld without permission of the x-men the x-men want it closed but krakoa itself will not allow it Apocalypse gets the unofficial nod to take a volunteer team in to save Irako and Eunice, who is left behind. The team consists of Apocalypse, Summoner, Rockslide, Havoc, Polaris, Richter, Siren, Beast, Angel, and Monet. The team enters the gate with Apocalypse elated to see his children, the original four horsemen, left behind.
0: And uh, meanwhile at the Healing Gardens... Prestige, Rachel Summers, and Cable, the young Nate Gray, use their telepathy to go in Banshee's memories and see if there's something missing from the story that Summoner revealed to the Council earlier. But events in actuality played out very differently than he had reported. We cut back to Apocalypse, reunited with his children,
1: and he's promptly betrayed by them along with the Summoner as they quickly run him through with blades. The team is quickly embroiled in battle, rock slides sliced in half by the summoner. Some of the team stays to hold off the Twilight Sword forces, and others retreat to get the injured Apocalypse to safety and warn the rest of Krakoa.
0: Now, although they went back, help won't come right away. And in fact, Saturnine has given Cable a vision of an object that'll be important to the mutant cause. Cyclops recognizes that object, And him and Gene take their son to the abandoned sword base in orbit around Earth known as the Peak. Now in there, that object turns out to be some sort of power cell for the station. And Cable realizes he has the perfect power source to reactivate the station. None other than his sword, the Light of Galador.
2: And then Saturnine is doing more than sending Cable on a fetch quest, though. She joins the battlefield and begins negotiations with the Demon Horde. A parlay ensues in which Saturnine freezes the entire battlefield and negotiates a tournament of champions from both sides to determine the victor. Swords will be drawn. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Yeah, so a pretty dense issue. I gotta give credit. Kelsey had to drop a lot of uh, Otherworld vocabulary, and i was real impressed
2: i'm a good reader i'm a real good reader he's the best reader we got baby
0: um so this issue's dense this issue's classic hickman this issue has a lot of things going on but before we get into the specifics did you like it dane
1: all in dude i am mega hype i don't want anything else but ten of swords and that's maybe my greatest fear is that I'm going to get filler issues of stuff. And I'm just going to be like, no, you sit aside and you wait. I want
0: more Ten of Swords. Kelsey, you feel in the same positive vibes? Uh, this
2: had me feeling kind of like uh, when Powers of Ten and, and uh, the Dawn of X stuff yep. started. Like it's that type of setup where it's like, okay, okay, you've got vision. Let's Let's see where you're going to take this now. This looks awesome. In case Dane from like months ago who said Ten of
1: Swords sounds stupid oh, is listening so to this. Stupid. You're an idiot, Dane. It you're an idiot.
2: sounds so dumb. When they show the cover and Wolverine's got a sword, I'm just like, I, oh my God, just give everyone a sword. Great. He's got claws on his fists. So what is don't, happening? Don't
1: care. All of that is melted away. Yeah, it I am means also nothing in. Yep. Yeah.
0: I, and so. I was slightly concerned when I first started reading the book. So, we go back to those opening pages of Otherworld and it takes a while to get to any of the mutants we know and love. And I'll say this, as I was reading it, it was like, okay, both of these books are so hickman with talks of world minds and technarchs and and all the dalar and the Otherworld vocab mumbo jumbo. And I I at first I was like, will I like this as much as I like like The Future Sentinel kind of stuff? And by the end of the issue, I kind of forgave that. Does this other world backdrop work for you, Kelsey?
2: Uh, It does. Uh, You know, the the besieging things with ropes and arrows still throws me a little off when I come from a world where we have nuclear weapons and machine guns. And I just think to myself, you know, the might of the U.S. military should really wreck these people. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but visually, it's really cool. I, I liked. I love the the, the original four horsemen. Yeah. Like that 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 betrayal. For some reason, I, it should have been expected. Like like the way they were showing it. I mean, they're showing it with, um, oh, the previous issue where Genesis is defeated by quote unquote annihilation or something, and annihilation looks like. A Egyptian. I'm like, well, that's not right. What's going on here? And, I yeah. spell some Hickman. Yeah. And in, 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 in the summer we were training. I mean, really, we should have seen that coming. Because I'm, I'm sorry, the guy just shows up and you're like, again, this is a really. uh there's no vetting of. It. He can't read his mind, but it, it still came as a shock. So I thought the setup. Uh, when they portrayed Apocalypse, uh, okay, when you, obviously from the beginning of the comic, you knew this was a betrayal coming. But part of you thought, part of you had to think that they were going to just have Apocalypse join them, right? I mean, or that Apocalypse yes, your was Your eyes
0: kind of get drawn to Apocalypse.
2: Right, that he was going to, jo- you know, have you join, but...
0: so the, Here's what I'll say. This whole, like,
1: backdrop of Otherworld thing, it, it makes Excalibur look far more important it does looking back Uh, it's a
2: more important book but it also makes Excalibur sound like it took a really long time beating around the bush to get to the actual points that it was supposed to
1: I think some of the memos that were in this book were absolutely needed because like we're in a podcast of loyal X-Men readers, and there were times where I was, like, I was going back three pages. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, am I supposed to know what this is? And it's, like, some of those memos maybe would have been better in, like, Excalibur issue three or something to help me understand this stuff. Because like, yeah. and, But then, like, there's this other stuff. Even with memos, I'm like... Why are there like fish people and minotaurs and they're like summoning a, a tentacle out of a portal and turning it into a star and that's supposed to help or something? Now,
0: Dane, you brought up a specific issue of Excalibur that I wanted to bring up. Excalibur okay. 3, the one where Richter is first introduced to the team and Apocalypse draws him. I don't know if you guys remember. I was like, okay, I kind of like Excalibur. And that was the only issue I liked. And I felt like the only reference to Excalibur that didn't annoy me was when they're like, Richter really likes Apocalypse. And I was like, yeah, Excalibur number three. <laughs> that checks out. You were, yeah, you it's, were big on that.
1: It's funny because when they put that team together, Apocalypse is... I know I'm kind of shifting. All right, let me, let me back up real quick. I will say the Summoner came as a surprise almost because I thought there was no way it could be that because it seemed so obvious. You know what I mean? Because he shows up out of nowhere... But it felt he, earned too. That's why it works to me. I don't know. Maybe if there hadn't been a gap of like a year between his introduction and this happening, there's a part of me. It's like it was just so ominous. The game that he's playing with Rock Slide. I'm like, I hope this isn't the yeah. But like, the crack what I mean betrayal. when it's
0: earned, I mean, the, everybody knew it was coming. Like the second you read this issue, I'm with you guys on that. But I think it works so well because of the way he played the game with Rockslide. And you know it's like, oh, he knows how to kill Rockslide and when they do that, it like it it hurts. Like you're like, "Oh, I, I wish I could do something to help because I've seen this and I knew it was coming, right. but I I feel helpless." And that's what makes horror good. It's that feeling like of helplessness.
1: I I did have a moment where I cared that, like, Rock Slide died. And, like, I forgot for a second that he could, you know, that he could be resurrected. And who knows what happens if they lose that or whatever. But I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Rock Slide, I think, just died. And then I'm like, wait, does it matter? I just you know, now I'm,
0: remembered he can be
1: resurrected. I, right, like, so was I, st- I still had the initial, like, emotional reaction to that, though. But, so, anyways, the team that they go in with, this, like, motley crew that Apocalypse puts together... It it's really funny because it feels so much different than Excalibur because I feel like when that team got put together, we were like, Why are like half of these people here? It doesn't make any sense. And when I look at that team of Apocalypses as ragtag and random as it seems And B teamy. I love that. Yeah, but as it's, it's, it's off the wall as it seems when you look at it, I'm like, no, this makes sense. Like, this is something I can believe. Certain factions on the island were like, I need you to keep an eye on this. Certain people were like, I got to know what's happening. You know, angels, like, I got to keep an eye on Apocalypse. Sirens going in for Banshee. You know, and it's just like, okay, this makes sense. You Richter's put together loyal
0: team. to Apocalypse. Like, yeah. And they kind of pulled in. Havoc is like. Well, the the general can't be seen here, but he wanted to have somebody right. there. And Scott's I love that Magneto's like, you got to represent our family name and, and go mess stuff up because that's what we do. Yeah, he
2: but says yeah, Havoc. It's like... but but that kind of that's a nice lead up too because you're waiting for Havok to really unleash stuff after you saw him in Hellions. Like like some of the book ties with the character build up was exciting for me. Like I I was excited. To see what Havoc would do there, because you're like, man, I just saw him level like several acres. So, you know, well, and, they... and him
0: and Polaris were the only ones strong enough. Like they literally, well, and what's her name? I'm sorry,
1: they held the line.
0: But well, also... they they held the line, and also, like Havoc would have a suicidal, slightly attitude where he like doesn't mind staying, and if he dies, he dies. If like, he dies, it fit he where dies. he was left off. Yeah, LA's. it's very,
1: it's very big. Damn oh, hero, but, you know, like just get out of here.
2: We'll hold it. My thing with that, too, is seeing just them there, uh, I, I go into the, the my original question, you know, where I was like, oh, the U.S. military could handle it. The Krakoans, when they show up as mutants, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this going, it's like, yeah, there, there are way too many Omega-level mutants on the side of Krakoa. They're going to come in and annihilate this group. Why did You know, something has to be going on with Saturn 9 because having to become a four-on-four championship is probably much more the benefit of the four horsemen than if it was a full-on war where all of the power of Krakoa shows up, where they're like, yeah, here's Magneto. Here's, you know, every high-level mutant we can pull out of our Iceman like, shows it's not up. It's going to be 4
1: it's not going to be four on four, though. You know what it's going to be. It's ten on ten, man. We're reading ten of swords. Five on five. No, no, no. It's ten of swords. There's ten for each side.
2: Is, there? is
0: that? Yeah. They, oh, remember yeah. they list at the oh, end. Oh, they
2: listed. Oh, yeah. That was actually... Okay, to speak on that, I was actually kind of happy they just listed off all the swords. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Like, it's like, well, I don't have to wait to wonder what every sword is. Because you you recognize some of them.
0: One last thought I had, though, is as you're talking about, I love the B cast. I thought they handled it perfectly. Like there was the part where we've had Cable and Cyclops and Jean on a side quest. But like this was a real issue of B characters and I loved it. I thought they were all worked in well. They also one thing I really enjoyed. No Wolverine, not a single Wolverine picture in this issue. Outside yeah, of the he's cards. Com- he's coming though. No, but I know, but like this issue was for the people. Well, like you know what I mean? Like, this is an X-Men fans issue right yeah. here. Yeah, and but here's you
2: Here's the go thing. Ahead. Here's the thing too. Uh you know Wolverine's coming, but yeah, like 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 Quentin was saying, this this is like X-Men team, not you know, made up of, oh, I love that guy, I love that. Okay. It'd be the equivalent of you don't have to see the Annihilator show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get to see okay. a team. Not a just, lesser issue I mean, would have had everybody in. go
1: down, but Apocalypse. Right, right, right. Just they like, flood it with X Men. But it's like we're gonna get there. Yeah. But this was the setup for it, and it, you're right that it focused on more B characters. It feels insulting, but it's like the X Men cast is so big, it goes down to like C D E F. You know what I mean? Yeah. B's pretty good. Yeah. What, what I want to ask, what you guys thought about the tarot card? scene where it's being read because I thought it was so cool reading it digitally like when you're flipping back and forth how it almost looked like an animated you know how like the panels at the top where it's like you know maybe a, a fifth of the page is Saturnine flipping cards and then the bottom fourth is like the the card itself with like text layover I thought that looked really cool and really well done how it kept that consistency through the tarot reading
2: it was uh, yeah yeah, i really enjoyed the art
1: and like the tarot card thing is perfect because here's the thing if you really want to analyze this and get super in depth i think you can try and predict where this is going to go but if you'd prefer i think you can just go along for the ride and like real tarot cards it's vague enough that when you look back it's going to be like oh yeah that fit there was a plan here you know what i mean that like so i just think that's I don't know. I like that. I think it gives room for however you want to read this, Whatever, whether you want to be the hardcore detective or whether you just want to enjoy it and then look back at the end and be in awe of the, the storytelling of Hickman and the rest of the crew.
0: Are you guys somewhat optimistic or disappointed in the fact that like we might have had the big traitor revealed issue one and now that's kind of out of the way?
2: Yeah. I, 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 I do wonder that. That part of it,
1: I hope it's not... Because if it is, like I said, it's a little, especially if that's who it was, if it was Summoner, it's kind of like, oh, well, like, that almost seems so obvious it couldn't be that. Here's sure the thing. None of us would have guessed that. None of us guessed
2: it. So, also, to like, be fair to them, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, I hope it wasn't, that wasn't it, because I didn't guess it, because it was so obvious. But it wasn't so obvious that we said anything, you know? Right. We all tried it to be smarter than it, me... you know?
0: Of like Watchmen, and how like the very first episode you have like Night Owl's ship or whatever, like that's in, in the first Watchmen right. episode, and they like never talk about him again. And I'm kind of like, okay, we got that arbitrary reference out of the way. <laughs> we have this arbitrary like, there's a traitor thing you have to put in solicits to get people to read the book, and it's right, like, yeah. now let's tell a Hickman story. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're here, it's
2: possible, except for. The cover with magic, taking swings at, at, at uh, Cypher, and honestly, Cypher's attitude on the council. Oh. He's sitting there chatting with Krakow, like, oh no, he says this.
1: Yeah. Cypher yeah. is 100% the most interesting piece yeah. of the story leave, to me right now. Leave the gate open.
2: Oh, it's not exactly how we said it. Uh, it's like, yeah, no, this, this, you have to leave it open.
1: I, I love Cypher right I now. I am Everything the land. Bro- yeah. Everything that you brought up in the last episode, Kelsey, that I hadn't thought of, sounds amazing. The idea that now there is a literal disagreement between the nation of Krakoa and the physical island oh, of yeah. Krakoa, yeah. At this, at the same time that Apocalypse is kind of having to pay a bit of the piper for the decisions he's been making, like there's dissent and it's coming from big power players, and Cipher is a really important part of that. That is incredibly interesting i like how they made it's, a decision with
2: a show of hands right <laughs> especially considering
1: cypher is pretty clearly from the tarot card one of the ten like there's on the tarot card for the ten of swords there's five that are visual and five that are kind of in shadows but i think cypher is pretty clear clearly one of those
0: it five definitely it looks like cypher is like the middle one with the sword yeah. up and then it kind of looks like Magneto could have Cerebro sword or something and maybe Storm.
1: I think it's Storm, Cypher, Magneto, uh, Brian, Old Captain Britain. I think with the, um, sort, of of the blade, sort of Might. sort of Might. sort of Might. And then I think the last one's Gorgon. It's well, a it's a godkiller. Yeah. Gorgon has godkiller. Yeah. And it's it's a two-sword thing. Masamusa? So I think that's. I think that's our ten.
2: Yeah. Masamusa is one. And I know Gorgon has godkiller.
0: Um. So overall, I I want to take a also, quick. We just on, talked about on. the
2: council. Hold on. I have one one final. Sorry. Um. We're forgetting something. They keep showing reference to the Twilight Sword and the way it looks. Are we are we not um putting together that that uh the Twilight Sword looks an awful lot like the Cerebro Sword? Do you think so? Look I can at see it. Look at them both. Look at the picture. Every time they show the Twilight Sword cutting the land in half or whatever, or ripping out of the ground, and then look at the Cerebro Sword.
1: It would be interesting because they're doing a really big... Because, like, Cerebro Sword is sort of like, I guess, the sword of the island. Like, they've mentioned that, that it contains the and knowledge or whatever. And it's like, Arako and Krakoa are like the, you know, the, the separated halves. Yeah,
2: who's to say yeah. that, yeah, that those aren't just sides of a coin like one sits on earth and one's in the other world area but they're the same you know they're opposites they're the yin and yang of themselves
0: i could see that as a plot point Um, that seems
1: big and hickman-esque
0: yeah i i also just want to take a quick moment to just like highlight how well hickman wrote the council in this issue and everybody's attitudes sinister joking about like like, they're like talking about setting people to their death, and Sinister cracks a joke in the middle of it. <laughs> and then and doesn't then he like, like
2: bump Exodus or something. He's like, hey. And hey, hey.
0: the way that Gene's just like, I'll get Scott and he'll save the day. And then, like, I love that. Cy- I love that Cyclops didn't lead the team at the end. I love that it made sense that he didn't. I love that characters still were themselves because we don't have to go, like, why isn't Cyclops there? Like, they literally shut that down. I just thought. All the I's were dotted with this issue and all the T's were crossed as far as characterization goes and I commend Hickman for that. I,
2: I love Apocalypse's, like... It, it almost reminds you of how actual... The actual, like, Senate works where you just see... Where they're like, well, why did you put up this gate? It's like, well, people are planting gates all over the place without permission. I figure, why can't I do this one?
1: But it's, Yeah, it's, but it's, at it's, the same time... Impressive. you.
2: He's like, I've seen other you people know, set this precedent. Yeah, he knows he's starting the rules. He, he knows He knows what he's doing he is clearly he different, does. but he's still like he does. what are you gonna do? But but he's basically saying, Well, they did this step, I just took it one step further. I mean, it's it's the same idea of saying it's like, Okay, you guys picked a judge this way, I'm gonna take it to the next level, but you guys did it this way, so why can't I do it this way? You know, it's it's at that level of thought.
1: Quint- Quentin is right because it is tough with a book. Like, when you see the opening, like the characters that are in this book, it's a ton. And there's even more that get a couple of panels right. everybody feels the way. As much criticism as we've given, you know, Hoxpox and Don of X, of like, sometimes this doesn't feel like the right character. And, like, almost to the point that we're suspecting something might be off. This, everybody felt like themselves. Everybody felt like who they should be and it it fell into place to make this great like 60 something page story that's only the beginning of what we're gonna get
0: right i think um even like some of the things like how they had like what's his name unis or whatever like captured and i'm sorry what's
2: his name unis the untouchable
0: unis the untouchable cannot be harmed by gods
2: or man <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so anyways though like I think what you guys were mentioning about Apocalypse, like, having good characterization, and I know we say Unus to the last one, but I think his philosophy makes sense, and it makes Excalibur slightly more bearable, but I do have to say, like, you had these awesome characters like Rogue and Gambit and all these people and Jubilee, like, classics that, like, I'm already bought into, and, like, here I have all these B characters, and they're still just so much better written that it, like, feels awesome that yeah. i been
1: back. Looking back at Excalibur, it's an it's an apocalypse setup show, and you know some Captain the the, the Betsy as Captain Britain like political drama, but everything else out of it just sort of falls away.
0: Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I can't sing enough praise of like how good it feels Hickman to be writing a big scoped book because like the the issue of the weak things were not his strength. I felt like and it hits. It's so nice having them back on a big concept.
1: Can, can I give one one minute criticism that Go I feel like I, one, I have to?
2: One criticism, please tell me
1: how I've been reading these books on this podcast for over a year. There's an Excalibur team. There is a swashbuckling boat-based team, <laughs> and then there is a storyline based around swords. And Nightcrawler is going to be a back burner character.
0: Ah. How can you do this to me? He he uses generic swords, that's first. Until also, no, no, he
2: doesn't even use those anymore, guys. He has a super soaker with his goo. You shut up. There was literally a point of time where Excalibur resided
1: within him. The blade lived in his being, and you can't find a way. With an Excalibur team, a Swashbuckler team, and a book based around swords to get that guy in it, other than on the council, like
2: raising his hand. I don't want to like, hear it. Yeah, you had I Cardinal
0: agree. for the first series, don't you, and they're don't basically you, don't the you same. even don't you
2: even pretend like that counts. I <laughs> hope oh, Cardinal shows back up with his apocalypse. Seed. Don't you
0: even? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: and I hope he picks up Excalibur, and they're like, "Well, you have a name sword, so you're more important." <laughs>
2: Even even
1: even in an alternate reality, bad version of Nightcrawler. That one had a sword too. How you do me like this?
2: I, they, they really have not used Nightcrawler to that potential. And I'm betting when you first saw Ten of swords like being announced, you're probably like, well, Nightcrawler used a sword. He has Excalibur. He's going to be a focal point in this. He's showing up.
1: So of, of like all the people on that, like they had like 20 people on that arc. When you think sword, who are the people you'd put above him?
2: Gambit. it, mean, Gorg, Gorgon,
1: Probably I'm Cyclops,
2: with... Storm, Magic,
1: <laughs> Magic, I could understand.
2: Wolverine because he does everything.
1: I think I'm done. I think I'm done.
2: Silver yeah.
0: Samurai, he's, S- Silver Samurai, sword. I know, but I put him up there. <laughs> Gor- Gorgon, yeah, I he's said Gorgon. Gorgon. Um, I still got a few more. Think um, Apocalypse sword. Colossus has steel skin. Swords are made That's of steel. That's like a sword. Sure, not, you, you. you can just
2: put the swords on his helmet, like we talked. But about. But here's the
0: thing: we're we're coming up with BS reasons. And oh
2: yeah, I know. you
1: You're right. You're right.
2: <sighs>
1: it's just. I look. I'm am I'm, I'm all in. Like I said at the beginning, I'm I'm excited. I'm in it, and I think I can push this far enough back. But there's always going to be a small part in the back of my lizard brain dedicated to hey, why not? Why range. not, Cola? Like
0: uh, what do you guys think of the designs on uh, Apocalypse's children, the Four Horsemen?
2: I actually really liked it. Yeah. I really liked them. Old school kind of Judgment and Wrath, Pestilence. I I liked how Pestilence worked. Um, well, and it makes sense
1: because as like a you know an Egyptian figure, these are his original horsemen. Yeah, you know who he had to sacrifice to get to this point. So they're just still there. Like this and is who cranky. They are. Obviously yes. very cranky about their lot. <laughs> I think that's an underselling.
0: Yeah. The the last note I have that I really wanted to talk about is our driving force of the story, which is uh what's her name? Sandri Sandrine? yeah. If I don't have her name in front of me, I can't remember it. I, I don't understand why like that's the other thing, like Excalibur introduced her. I didn't really care about her. She seems, like, godly powerful. Oh, and she oh. Is
2: obviously is godly powerful. She literally stopped them from fighting shrunk death. Because she was like, yeah, boom, I'm going to I'm, gonna just, why, I'm gonna just... Why does she
0: get involved, then, if, like, these are ants beneath her heel? I think she's got a long con. Well, number
1: one, she seems to be... She seems to know that what's playing out is preordained. And she's just making the small moves she has to to make you know, sure yeah, to push it in the direction it needs to go. You know what I mean? Like she, she gave cable, she gave cable a vision while he was reading a memory. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, she was like basically put a, something that obviously Banshee didn't know happened in a memory at the time that cable was reading the memory. So cable would have the information to intervene.
2: And And I'm glad they had that. Okay. They had that memo where they kind of, explained what the starlight citadel is oh it was totally necessary that was necessary and, months ago yeah when it when it puts in perspective how powerful she is that she rules this thing that is basically the center of other worlds universe and all things go around it Dude, that, this is you, so you
0: know,
2: yeah like like it, that put it in much more perspective that you're like oh She's extremely powerful. Like Morgan Le Fay, although at war with her was basically a vassal state.
1: And like the, the last time this was relevant to me, at least was Remender's uncanny X-Men where Otherworld got involved. But yeah, like it's a big deal that it's like a nexus of the multiverse. Hey, hey
0: Kelsey, I got, I got one more uh, connection for you. I think this Dane won't catch on this one probably, but all that Hickman remember Hickman wrote the Vulcan issues where he's like out in space and stuff by the fault and they go and they collect weird cancer versity tentacles to power their stuff
2: Mm. okay and that's what you're thinking she's grabbed that um tarot card stuff from
0: so i'm wondering if vulcan has something to do with these like weird tentacly grabby stuff because in the sci-fi element where like they literally go out in space and grab a star it's like Vulcan, you were out in space by default. Where these cancery monster things come from? Just saying, like it seems like there might be a connection there that Hickman's planted seeds for.
2: That could be.
1: That could be legit. Also, like you mentioned, like the power boost to Saturnite. Like she's dealing in multiverse, you know, cancerverse collection of stars and everything. It's like, how did she become so cool so quick? Because I feel like in Excalibur she just
0: seemed so petty, generic witch sir uh,
2: generic, generic and also, like... Y- you weren't quite sure what she was doing. I like, mean, why? like, they would attack, and then suddenly it's over, and someone could steal stuff, and then there's no repercussions, because, theoretically, isn't Gambit still there? Who? Like, like Gambit and Rogue don't... are still there, because they threw the rock through the gate or something.
1: Who knows about the timing? Of <laughs> like, you are like, 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 wait, like... wait, what? <laughs> why the hell... Is Saturnine wasting her time with a team that includes a chick that can make fireworks? Like, she's freezing a battlefield of a Krakoan team and the horsemen of the Apocalypse's army that has been rampaging for millennia. I believe they're the
2: nation of immense.
1: Why does she seem like she's even bothering herself?
0: Because the narrative this, demands it. Uh, right. And also,
2: a heads up, they have not revealed the wielder of the Twilight Sword yet, I believe.
0: I don't think we've seen it other than its yeah. flashbacks. But, but they Also, have Hickman, shown Hickman has shown has. some faulty narrator already, so who knows what's going on.
1: Right, right. Th- that we've heard, it's almost like a folklore story passed down. That's true. And, and we don't know what to believe at this point, because it's all come from unreliable and traitorous sources well
0: when you're surrounded by traitors all you can do is prepare and it's better to be prepared than to sit around and and regret it so let's head to the danger unless somebody's got some objections
1: that sounds like no objections
0: All right, remember, we have 20 yes or no questions to guess the person, place, thing, or idea from the Marvel Universe. And Kelsey has bravely decided the program and the next challenge for us here in the Danger Room. So, whenever you're ready, Kelsey, you can announce.
2: I'm always ready. All
0: right. All right. Is this a character, Kelsey?
2: Why, yes, it is.
0: Is this a mutant, Kelsey?
2: It is a mutant.
1: Would you consider this mutant a hero
0: i would not okay would you consider this mutant masculine yes
1: is this character a resident of krakoa yes i don't know that that necessarily limited things for us but it means we know we've seen them
0: has this character been in a hickman book Ooh, going back to that.
2: He has appeared, yes, in the Hickman book.
1: Is this character on either the council or serve as a battle captain?
2: No.
0: Okay. Mm, Has this character... Is this character on one of the main teams in Don of X? Like one of the core teams, like Marauders or. Fallen um, Angels. Fallen Angels. Well.
2: <laughs> Is he a member of, of one of the one of the books? I guess I should. On the books.
0: Have they been a main cast member of one of the books?
2: No.
1: So Hickman books would include, what, New Mutants and X Men? Did we say not a hero, by the way? Correct. Not a hero. Is this character closely associated with a specific country?
0: Yes. Okay, not a hero. Closely associated with the country. Um, is this character... <laughs> the oldest recorded... Well, is this character... Does this character have children in any of the books? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Going for the Fisher for that Apocalypse? Yeah.
2: Yeah, also, Apocalypse was technically on that Excalibur team, so that would have knocked Oh, good challenge. point,
1: good point. That was a rookie move. Wasted a question. Is the country closely associated with Russia?
2: No.
0: Okay, Bill, it's not Banshee. Um... Uris isn't associated with the country, is he? Who? Unus. Unus, Unis. <laughs> I'm struggling with names. One here, of I the know.
2: greatest heroes of all time. Or villains, I really... Maybe, I don't know.
1: That's, that was the only thing that kept me from thinking it might have been Unis. is I don't think Kelsey actually knows enough about him to answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kelsey reading from her
0: Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> um, so, I'll say... Has this character, is this a character that we've talked about multiple times on the podcast? No. Were you looking to learn something there? I wanted Sunfire. He knows I'd bring up Sunfire all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I would still consider him a hero. Uh, He was at Horseman of Apocalypse for a long time. So so, has
2: Yeah, Angel and Wolverine. I think Gambit was at one point. Gambit,
1: Angel, yeah. Storm, maybe, I don't know. Well, from the movie, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: Canon. Multiverse is canon.
1: A non-main-rostered
0: mutant male non-hero. Yeah, I'm struggling here. They're a man. Male. Mutant man. A non-hero
1: mutant. Has this character ever been a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants?
0: No. Okay. Has this character ever been a member of the Marauders? No. Okay. I think it's worth burning... I wonder if he involved... So we had Juggernaut this week, and... Not a mutant. Well, I'm just saying, the the issue, and we also had um, Ten of Swords. Do we want to ask if the character was in Ten of Swords at all, or is that... It's kind of burning a question. Said they've been in a Hickman issue, but never a major featured character. Not heroic. Not a resident of Krakoa
2: associated and is a yeah
1: associated with a specific country correct oh has, is the country fictional
2: yes
0: associated with a fictional country I'm gonna be angry if that country is Krakoa. <laughs> <laughs> well could be genosha as well I mean could Magneto fit all this stuff, but he was Brotherhood, so no. You guys, Avalanche, it wouldn't be, because he's been on a Brotherhood. I'm trying to think like Acolytes only. Can't be a Marauder. It's not Omega Red, because I asked Russian. I would consider Sinister. Well, Andy's on the politics. He's, Andy's on the council. Can't
1: be Pyro, can't be Sabretooth.
0: I don't know, man. I think he might have us here. Oh, fictional country! A fictional country. What's the fictional country? Wakanda and Latveria are the two that got to me. Then you got Genosha. Like, because I think that's a good clue. That it's a
1: fictional country.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, but I manifold. Oh, I know, I know. He, I doubt he was thinking of because he didn't even know the, He didn't even see the cover of Sword. <laughs>
1: I don't think, I'm pretty confident saying he doesn't know what a manifold is.
2: Isn't it what you wrap around an airplane? Or a spaceship? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. That's not it. (laughs) Okay.
1: Is there anything with Genosha?
0: Well, there's like a weird acolyte guy with like a red (laughs) turban on his head. Where is he from?
1: You just Google acolyte and you don't know who it is. No, no, anything.
0: he's in the cartoons and stuff. It's got like a weird oh. sword he uses sometimes, like an energy a sword. A sword. A sword. That seems relevant. <laughs> I'm running out of steam here. I don't. I don't think I got it, man. Oh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna burn a desperation question. Okay. Was this character in a panel from one of this week's issues? No. Okay, so they're not associated with this week. Is the
1: fictional country on the planet
2: Earth? Yes, it was. Ooh, ooh, it was.
0: Okay. A... Uh, didn't Utopia come asteroid in or uh, no asteroid in became Utopia? Correct. I don't know of too many nations that have left. Okay, hold on. Is it one of the four? Well, it weren't in this week's issues.
1: Damn it. That was such a good clue that Kelsey gave us just to make us feel bad about ourselves. I commend you for that. Yeah.
0: Congrats on making us feel like idiots. That feels like well, it was such many, a good clue. How many questions have you was, done?
1: We've used 17.
2: Okay. When you're at 19.
1: <laughs> the defeat by my voice, listeners.
2: When, you, when you're getting ready for your guess, I'll give you a free clue if you haven't
0: gotten it yet.
1: It was a country. Do we
0: want to narrow down some sort of color color palette? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have guesses for this? Well, I mean, if I know they were primarily a primary color.
1: (laughs) Is the fictional country an island? Yes.
0: Uh, Madripoor is something that could be a... Okay. I don't hate that. But I, I don't know anybody from mad i keep coming back to genosha yeah but like most of my experience with genosha is actually from a comic book so or i mean a tv show for children (laughs) (laughs) that's where
1: a lot of kelsey's knowledge comes from all right do we just want to ask if it's genosha as our last question and then get kelsey's clue yeah it's the
0: country they're associated with genosha yes
2: would you would you like my free clue for you? Dear God, please. You mentioned this individual today. They had nothing to do with anything else. One of you mentioned them by name.
1: We're gonna pause the podcast to go back and listen for
2: Edits. Dude, I who who were you talking about? Dane said it or I did? I don't remember. It was one of you two though. It wasn't it wasn't me. You guys brought him
0: up. You mentioned him by name. This is embarrassing. Somebody with a sword? <laughs> <laughs> no. Silver Samurai.
2: No, it was not. No, I mentioned Silver Samurai. You guys mentioned him. Before we were discussing swords and stuff like that, you guys mentioned this individual by name. I think it was like, Quentin.
1: On the podcast
2: or before yes. we started recording? Yes, yes. Oh, on the podcast. So somebody's
1: going to be able to go back and listen to this. And put us...
2: To be fair, I picked this person beforehand. you guys haven't mentioned, I'm like, oh, God, if they're gonna
0: get it now. What does
1: Eunice the Untouchable have to do with the
2: podcast, or with Genosha?
0: Oh, it's not Alpha Flight. He always brings up Alpha Flight. (laughs)
2: Dang it. No, I brought up Alpha Flight. This is something you guys mentioned. I didn't didn't even comment on what you guys were talking about.
1: Quinn, do you have anything...
0: Dude, I have.
2: Uh, you want to lock
1: in Eunice? Yeah, let's go, Eunice, whatever. <laughs> oh, Eunice the Untouchable, baby.
2: Okay, as someone who appeared in today or in this week's issues, who, on a question I already said no to, is not Eunice the Untouchable. <laughs> it is Fabian Cortez. Oh my gosh. Quentin, at one point you were
1: literally like, you mentioned what him? If it's the Acolytes?
2: He was a member of the Genosian cabinet. He's an acolyte, not a brotherhood of, the, of mutants. He is in a Hickman issue because he's in one of the scenes with Exodus where Professor X's big head appears to them all psychically, inviting them all to Krakoa. <laughs> and he is now a resident of Krakoa.
1: Oops. He got us. As, as somebody who appeared in this week's issue, not Eunice
0: the Untouchable. Oh boy. Oh, well, we I don't, tried feel, good best. I don't well, feel good about that. Well, you know that. what? We'll find our champions, they'll have swords, and they'll come fight for us in the Danger Room. But Just not like against Fabian Cortez. <laughs> no,
1: we'll get demolished. <laughs> Alright, guys. Any, is anyone that wants to end this episode the same way our issue ended? After months of preparation and uh, sword layouts ending on a sword pun? With the, the peak, a sword station. Does anyone have anything? I'll take a stab oh, at it. I,
0: no. come on guys let's get straight to the point and end this thing all right that's it this is over cut (laughs) see you next time later take
1: care slice hello fellow danger room survivors this is dane thanking you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode i want to invite you to join the examination community by checking us out at our website and twitter We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E X A M E N A T I O N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, help us grow the community by giving us an Omega level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.